the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report, and we have a lot going on. In fact, because our great producer, Noah Dingley, will be away next week for a few days, it's been too long that we've had him on the air, that people keep asking, they're begging. We're going to have a Noah Says, Noah Says segment today, and we'll also get an update uh, from Cynthia Hughes, who is uh, one of the uh, family members of a January 6th prisoner. It's her nephew that's in prison, and she has been organizing folks to help, um, well, to help the folks that are in prison and their families, and a lot of the f- needs are their families. I mean, we, we sort of know what's happening in the prison. It's terrible. But then back home where somebody's wife and kids are or, or uh, somebody's uh, uh, mother and father, you know, young fellow, one young fellow I think was living at home, all that. So they need some support, understanding what's going on, and sometimes they need a little help with other things. So we'll talk with Cynthia Hughes and get an update and. Uh, I, it's very moving to hear how she took her experience of being a uh, and the aunt of a prisoner and what it was doing to her family and expanded, expanded that, extended that into uh, helping others. So we'll talk with her about that. But first, we need to talk about one of the greatest, one of the most terrible, one of the most horrendous racist acts we've ever seen. Systemic racism. I'm not talking about the school boards. I'm not talking about what our school boards have done to our kids in inner city schools. That's 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 pretty bad. In fact, it's probably tied close to tied for the worst systemic racism in the world. No, I'm talking about something that Joe Biden and his administration have done very specifically with a series of acts that is absolutely the worst thing that could happen to people of color in a very, very long time. And, and systemically, not just one group, not just one school, not just one geographic location. And that is the incredible mismanagement of the economy that has allowed inflation to go skyrocketing up as high as it's been in decades. Because guess who pays the price for inflation? Not rich people, not people with lots of credit. They may all feel a pinch, by the way. I'm not saying that. If, let's say that you have pretty good credit. You can get a credit card. You can get a house to you know, buy a mortgage. You still are feeling the uh, impacts of inflation. You're still you know, feeling gas prices up and food prices up. But if you're low income, if you're making 25 grand a year, 30 grand a year, so maybe even less than that, you are absolutely devastated by inflation. And guess what? Disproportionate number of people good, bad, or indifferent, why it happened doesn't matter. Right now, just describing of those low-income folks are people, men and women of color. So, And Joe Biden's policies, very specifically, I can't say that it's intentionally, but I can say it's specifically target, inf- uh, uh, let me say it better, they specifically are put in place specifically with goals that caused inflation. For example, cutting access to uh, fuel, to oil and gas, through drilling, through the Keystone Pipeline, all these different things, creating that problem of energy shortages where we're relying again, 
after the four-year hiatus of the Trump era. Now we're relying again on OPEC and foreign sources, and they're driving up the cost of oil and gas, and it's being passed on directly to the people who can pay it. And again, a rich person pays to fill their gas tank. I get it. Sometimes they've got a huge gas tank, but they can afford it. And they can they can find ways around it and they can find ways to manage it. And frankly, lots of rich people have been able to figure out ways to 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 make money in this time because they can take advantage of having cash to buy stuff. Because if you have cash to buy stuff, it's a good time to buy stuff. And if you have credit, it's a good time to buy stuff. But if you don't have credit, you're in trouble. So oil and gas prices way up. The regulations, the regulatory framework in this country, whether it's on agriculture, whether it's on business in general, whether it is on, on uh, gas and, and oil, which is a huge impact, not just the drilling in places, but how it's regulated, how it's, uh, how it's regulated and how the regulations are implemented. All of these are causes of inflation. The massive spending... That Biden did, and look, Trump did some of it too, and Republicans voted, some Republicans voted for it. I'm not giving anybody a pass, but Biden spent trillions, pushed it out into the economy, and there's no plan how to handle it. There's no, there's no, there's no sense of how to handle it. No, nobody's doing other than, other than anything other than flooding the zone, flooding the nation with dollars, and the di- and inflation is bound to come. And it is coming. Everybody predicted it. It's not a surprise. So ask yourself, if a Republican was the president, if, if Donald Trump was still president and his policies, his preferences in policies of his party in control of the House and Senate were such that they made inflation skyrocket. Do you think at all? Do you think anything other than wall to wall coverage of the racist policies of that presidency? And with Joe Biden, you hear none of it. You hear none of it. He's going to appoint a black woman to the Supreme Court. He's going to say, look at me on diversity. And meanwhile, more African-American families, more African-American women, men, more minority men and women, more people who are hanging on to life by their hard work and by their efforts are, are paying the price of inflation. They're impacted. They say it, they say it better. They're impacted by inflation much more dramatically than even the middle class, who's affected a lot, and the and the, certainly the wealthy class. And, and what do we have? Crickets. The media is not covering any of it. I venture to guess if you went right now into Baltimore or went right now into New Orleans and went into the, a low-income neighborhood and asked folks, how's it going on inflation? And, and maybe, maybe you don't go in and say, how's inflation? You say, did you notice pr- prices up? You know, did you notice that gas prices are up? Did you notice that food prices are up? Did you notice that uh, rent prices are going up? I mean, did you notice all the? I guarantee you, they would be. They would not only be talking about it, they would be screaming about it. They would be saying, "Yeah, of course, we see it all around us. You see it. We see it all around us, and we and we are feeling it all around us. And for most, for the people that we, for for the community that we want to sponsor." In other words, that we want to foster, that's a better word, to create opportunities. We say things like, you know, send your kids to schools and, 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 and take care, you know, get a, buy a home if you can. Because buying a home is different than renting a home. And, you know, invest in a small business. None of that's possible. If you're, if you're low income and you're trying to fight your way out of it, it, inflation is the most regressive tax on poor people. It is the most regressive um, uh, impact 
on poor people. It's incredible. And nobody's talking about it. And Joe Biden is getting a pass and they say, look at how he's, he's diverse. Look at it. Isn't he diverse? Isn't that amazing? He's diverse. He's, he's diverse. He's going to appoint a black woman. Really? Is that, that's the, is that the judge of the value of what you've done for the community? And even, by the way, I'm, I've never liked the hyphenated American effect that he is doing. Like every group is hyphenated out and it's a big, you know, it's kind of the way everybody's relating to each other. I don't like that. But if that is your thing, is anybody being serious that this is terrible for uh, communities of color? That inflation and there's no <laughs> the great thing is if you go to Politico, for example, and I always tell you Politico's left leaning, but they're pretty smart. The people that write there are pretty good writers and they're smart and they're writing a piece. Inflation keeps getting worse. A peak inside the mounting trouble for the Fed and Biden. And then they say hey, they have no plan. They have no plan. They have no path. And it's not that there's not a path out. The path out would be drill everywhere, uh, allow pipelines everywhere, use great gas everywhere, cut the regulations everywhere, reduce the cost of doing business everywhere. You could do all that, except ideologically, the Democrats can't do it. So the only thing they think they can do is spend money. And that doesn't work now. That's the problem. So the options that work, freeing up the economy, unshackling the economy, lowering energy costs, those things that would actually make a difference in inflation are not on the table. And so they have no plan. Can you imagine? People of color, low-income folks, who Scranton Joe was going to help them, and they are devastated right now, and there's no plan. And they can't even come up with something to say as the plan. I mean, they can't even, uh, you know, they don't even have a, a, a way to talk about what is happening to even feel like there's um, they're, they're something they can do. Something they can do to change the trajectory. It's unbelievable. It's amazing. It's terrible. And it's one of the worst political, uh, well, let me say, it's one of the worst policy moments we've seen since, you know, decades. And I will say it's a political albatross. When the Democrats lose a lot in the next couple of years, it's going to be in part because people are fed up. They looked up and they said, huh, this isn't going the right way. They said they were going to help us. They're not helping us. And they're still getting rich. All right. We got to take a break, everybody. Be back. We'll talk with Cynthia Hughes and we'll also get Noah Says. Noah Says. Be right back. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, a while ago, it's been a long time now, I bet it's been six months or more, we had on Cynthia Hughes, who is the uh, leader, the lead operator, which means she's the worker, and I guess she has the title probably the head of, but that just means she does all the work, of an organization called the Patriot Freedom Project. And if you go to their website, patriotfreedomproject.com, you'll see what they're doing, and you'll see what they're up to. And she's, the the story I mentioned earlier in the program, the setup for this was uh, Cynthia nephew is someone who was arrested for the January 6th stuff and is in that hellhole prison and she started helping her family and then she realized there's other families and it sort of extended itself and the thing that I've always been impressed with her is her interest came out of her family and that's sort of how she sees it and so you you know I've been involved people know I, I represent a couple of the the guys that are there and, and and they all they all have wives they have mother and father they have kids and that, in some ways, they're suffering in that hellhole, 
but their family is suffering by extension all over. And Cynthia has done a great job of helping get lawyers and helping get people connected to make a difference. And I wanted to get an update from her on that more broadly. So Cynthia Hughes, welcome to the program. Again, the website is patriotfreedomproject.com. Uh, first, tell me the story of your nephew and that, that how that played out and, and how it motivated you, sort of how the beginnings of this came about. So, um, so Ed, you know, a lot of people don't know. Well, first of all, thank you for having me back. I appreciate it. Um, A lot of people don't know that. um, So Tim is not my biological nephew. Tim is my nephew through a friendship I had with his mother, a lifelong friendship. Um, And I severed that friendship to take care of Tim because Tim was being abused and he needed a mother. So I raised him. Hmm. He's more like my son. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh. Oh, I'm glad to know that. Thank you. Yes. Yes. So, um, and I don't, I don't say that because, um, I'm looking for anybody to acknowledge that I say it because I'm being attacked so much. I I want my credibility to be, you know, uh, upstanding and I don't want people to think that I lie. So some people have caught on to that and have questioned it. So there's that. I see. Um, okay. So Tim, Tim was arrested, uh, January 15th last year. Um, he does not have violent charges. He does not have assault charges. He's not connected to any of the groups, no conspiracy charges. Um, and he's been languishing in the DC jail uh, for over a year now um, because they don't like books that he reads and they don't like pictures that he takes and they don't like, you know, his politics. He's got a strong personality. Um, you know, he's a comedian. I must be honest that he's a big comedian, um, but uh-huh. he's like a shock jock and he's offensive sometimes. So, They've decided to keep him in jail all this time. They think he's a threat to society. Um, like they think many of the men in there are a threat to society. They throw all, all out the window um, the fact that a lot of these people do not have criminal history, such as my nephew, um, Tim, um, and many of the men inside D.C. jail. Now, we have over 80 people locked up in pretrial detention around the country. And... Um, they're, they're being denied all due process. They're being denied their right to a fair and speedy trial. And, and a lot of them do not have criminal history. And I'm not saying those that do have criminal history should remain behind bars because some have, you know, a misdemeanor, something from their past. These people are being treated very, very differently. Unfortunately, in the D.C. jail, um, it goes a little bit further than being just mistreated. I mean, these guys have their cells raided often, they're in lockdown often, they're in solitary confinement, you know, still. Um, the food choices in there, I mean, I was just on the phone with Tim two or three nights ago, and he was getting his dinner tray, and I said, oh, what's on the, what's on the, you know, the uh, tray tonight? And he said, okay, uh, I have one peanut butter packet and four slices of bread. I kid you not, Ed, this wow. is what these men have been eating for a year now. Bologna, wow. peanut butter, nothing of substance. Um, hmm. They don't get medical attention when needed. Um, I, I mean, they don't get their mail. They they don't. They're not able to see their lawyers. They can't make legal calls. It's just it's just absurd. You can't visit with them. The other uh, detainees around the country they get video visits. These men in D.C. do not get video visits. We have several men in there that are husbands, that are fathers, that have young children. They haven't seen their wives and their children in over a year. This is wrong. The Democrats know this is wrong. The Republicans know this is wrong. Kevin McCarthy, he hasn't said one single solitary word. You have people like Adam Kinziger who just speak out with hate of, you know, for this group, for these people. He knows what's happening is wrong. 
there's a lot of people that should not be in that jail. I'm not saying nobody should, uh, uh, you know, be there, but I'm saying most of them, they deserve to be out. They deserve due process. They deserve their, their ability to, you know, participate in their own defense. Right. Uh, we're talking with Cynthia Hughes, who heads up the uh, Patriot Freedom Project, PatriotFreedomProject.com. Um, tell me about, you know, you can hear it in your voice about about your nephew or your family. Um, but tell me about these other families. Tell me about the kinds of things they have. I mean, again, we were early in the show. I was talking about inflation. Inflation is hitting, you know, working folks much more than rich folks. And, you know, all these guys that and mostly guys, I think they're all guys that are stuck in this jail that they, they, they come from working areas. They come from the military background. They come from. And they've got family and kids and all. And tell me a little bit about what you see there and how, you know, having dad or, or husband gone for a year is just devastating on multiple levels. Yeah, it, it, it really is. You have, you know, you have all different types of situations. You know, you have wives that were pregnant when their husbands were arrested, gave birth while their husband has been behind bars. You have wives that had just given birth. Um, you have wives that, you know, work their nine to five and their husband worked their nine to five. Now these wives are working two nine to fives. You know, they're working during the day. They're working at night because they got to make up for what they're, you know, losing in their home. Um, you have some families that have teenage sons who have gone out and got a job just to help mom pay the electric bill or the gas bill. Um, and then you have those that have, you know, emergencies. You know, we have a wife. Um, before January 6th, they had just gotten a permit to put a fence up at their home, and um, the, pe- the permit's about to expire. The fence is not completed. We were just talking about it last night. What is she going to do? You know, um, you have families that have had emergency plumbing situations. We had a family just before Christmas. We had to put them in a Holiday Inn because they had a broken pipe, and all the water had to be turned off into their house, and they had a lot of damage. These people... They're just suffering. You know, they're they're in peril. They're truly in peril, Ed. Um, we're talking with Cynthia Hughes. Um, Cynthia is. Um, I hate to say it like this. Is it getting better? I mean, in in some ways, the public has caught on. When you started to to fight, when I met you or met, you know, talked on the phone six or eight months ago, and you came on the show, there were too many people that didn't understand that the media was lying about it all. It feels like you know Julie Kelly and your work and others have made it so people understand this was a big hoax, a big a big farce, and and that's good, right? People don't. There's no longer. There's not a Republican running for office that in a primary at least that will say you know uh, it was a hoax. Uh, you know won't say it's a hoax. They'll confront it. Um, there's lots of uh, incumbents and others that will still act like idiots. But but is it getting better? Do do you have hope? Um, do you feel like the momentum is is going in the direction of this is going to get resolved for these men and their families? Or how do you feel? You know, it, it's it's so hard to answer that. So I'll say this. I have hope in the sense that I have great faith. That's the first and foremost, right? We, we, we don't get through this life without our faith, right? That's the first thing. And a lot of these men, right. a lot of these families, they have faith. So that's the first thing. Do I have hope about what's going to happen? Well, I think it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. I think that some people are going to go to jail for, for a long time. That shouldn't be. I think there are some people that are going to be sitting behind bars for years because we have, um, you know, so much bias going on by certain judges and, and um, you know, and the DOJ. 
And I think that is really, really a travesty. Not enough people know what is really going on. There really isn't enough people. I still come across people that have no idea about this. And when you don't have your own party, you know, speaking out and saying, okay, we need to look into this or we need to, we need to address this. Where's Kevin McCarthy? That is the big million dollar question. Where is Kevin McCarthy? And here, why aren't, you know, these, I don't know if it's okay to say this, Ed, but like these, these <laughs> Republican people, these politicians, why aren't they coming forward and helping us bring the lawyers on board, helping us fund the lawyers, you know, helping us take care of these families? Why aren't they even reaching in their pocket and making a donation to Patriot Freedom Project so we can continue to do what we're doing? Because, you know, Ed, um, it's not going to last forever what we're sitting on. And it's not a lot. We've done so much yeah. already. If, if people don't come forward, we're, we're not going to be able to continue to help. And the help is going to be needed for a long time. Well, I think, um, uh, Cynthia, we're out of time. Cynthia Hughes, so I've got to go, but I will say this about uh, what you're doing. And again, Patriot Freedom Project. Go to PatriotFreedomProject.com. Look it over. See who they are. Support it. Um, I, I'm, t- I'm telling you, it's one I've checked out, I believe in, and really important. But, Cynthia, you know, I think the the key is um, that what you just said, we we have to be in it for the long haul. You know, the, the, the politicians will come and go, even the good guys, even the good gals. And, uh, and but family sticks around, right? And in some ways, the people who had to go through this have to have some surrogate family, you know, the people that stay with them in 10 years and in 20 years that understand what they went through uh, as part of um, service to the country, you know, as part of their contribution. So, um, all right, I got to run though, Cynthia. Thank you as always for what you do, for coming on the show. Again, I'll make sure to put up on social media, patriotfreedomproject.com. Thanks, Cynthia. Thank you, Ed. All right, we'll take a break, everybody. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, it's been too long. It's been far too long. Our great friend Noah Dingley, the producer of the program, does his own uh, radio work over at The Answer San Diego and also helps produce Andrea Kay's show. He's everywhere. The guy's everywhere. Basically runs things. He ha- We haven't had a segment Noah Says. We have not had a segment Noah Says. So it's time to catch up with Noah Dingley. Now, Noah Dingley, besides being a lifelong Southern Californian, is a keen observer of the hypocrisy of the COVID era. He has been on top of this, I think almost from the beginning. I have to give you that credit. Noah. you were, you were a, a cynic from the beginning and uh, sometimes you were bitter and hateful. No, no, you didn't have, you were cynic, but now uh, you you, a lot of what you said is borne out. So first of all, welcome back. And Noah, what do you think of the mask mandates, first mask mandates that are falling all over the country? And yet your guy, uh, uh, your governor and uh, Newsom is not really doing it yet. No, he's not really doing it. That's the thing. And it's good to be back, Ed. Uh, you know, the thousands of emails you've been getting have obviously led you to bring me back on the show besides my <laughs> pending right, vacation. That's right. Your, but, your, you know, your girlfriend, your girlfriend like sending them. <laughs> is not doing any particular removal of mask mandates because you have to, right now, be fully vaccinated in order for these mask mandates to fall away. If you're unvaccinated, you still have to wear them wherever you go in an indoor setting. That's not removal of any mandates. If you ask me, and the kids at school still expected to wear masks. That's absurd. 
Well, and I, I got to say, you know, it's crazy to me. There Across the country, we're seeing places that you didn't expect uh, the masks, Democrats to go for getting rid of the mask mandates. In Virginia, that the Senate, a bunch of Democrats voted. A week ago, they said they would never do it. A week later, they, they vote for, to get rid of the mask uh, mandates. Um, so they must be looking at polling. And yet, in blue states where they just don't have to care or they're far left, New York, uh, California, they're just hanging on there. And I, I got to wonder, I really do wonder how the parents are going to react to this come uh, the next election because parents are mad. That's a very good point. And this is what I have said from the get go too. you know, to, to get some of this to go away. It, it's, it's tough. It's really tough. You know, there was a lot of things at the beginning of the pandemic that were drilled into people's heads you know, stoked by fear. And it's tough to get that out there. But you start pushing on parents against their kids. And just like in Virginia, hey, that's why they had the surprise win by the Republicans in the grand state of Virginia. And I don't care what state it's in. You push back against these kids that parents love beyond anything, and you're not going to get a result you like. It's um, I think so. And I think, um, you know, the question is, you know, uh, how it plays out politically, because even though people say they're mad, will they, you know, it's like the recall when we saw the Larry Elder recall. Now we're talking with Noah Dingley, our great producer. It's time for Noah says one question I haven't had a chance to ask you for months, months, probably six months, because I just didn't know how we would talk about it. And now we can, I guess. But the, the great uh, Dodgers pitcher, when I say great, the great pitcher, Trevor Bauer, who came over to the Dodgers and was great, was very dominant. And uh, he was suspended because of charges of, of sexual assault. Um, and when I say charges, someone alleged that of him. And the prosecutor announced that they will not file charges. So where, you know, the old line, where do you go to a, a famous um, uh, Raymond Donovan, who was the labor secretary under uh, Ronald Reagan? He was charged with crimes that had to do with sort of racketeering and mob stuff, mafia stuff, and he was acquitted. And he, but he lost his job as labor secretary. And after the trial was over, he looked at the camera and he said, "Where do, where, what, what room do I go to get my reputation back?" You know, it, Trevor Bauer. He's not charged. I, he sounds like he doesn't have a great uh, attitude towards his social life. You know, he seems to be a guy that was, you know, I don't know how to say dating a lot of women and dating is probably a euphemism, but that's not against the law. In fact, at the major league level, it's probably the norm. What happens to this guy? Do the Dodgers take him back? You know, they definitely would need him. I will say that they're restructuring their team just a little bit, not too much. And they really need to take it to the next level. However, one thing the Dodgers, no matter who the owner has been, have prided themselves in over the years, which I love, Ed, is they like to have good PR for the team. People that represent the best in us. And Kershaw, mm -hmm. obviously, is probably one of the best exceptions of that over the years. I hope he comes back this year. I truly do, because he, he is just, from a PR standpoint, hey, he says, this is what it means to be a Dodger. Bauer, on the other hand, and I'm not going to say anything negative against him personally. He's got a bit of a temper. You just mentioned, you know, about his, you know, personal life off the field. Uh, I, I just don't think regardless of charges, the Dodgers offer him a spot. I don't see it happening. Mm, wow. Um, because that's a heck of a pitcher. And, you know, you wonder he's a how, heck of a pitcher. In the old days. Talent, he's got all of in it. In the old days. Uh, 
Yeah, in the old days, the Raiders, the NFL Raiders, used to be the place where sort of uh, troubled and wild characters went to play. I don't know where the the uh, where pitchers that have a, a checkered past or whatever the the way you'd say that would uh, would be. Um, okay, now what about the upcoming politics? Um, our friend Larry Elder's not running for governor That's uh, in twenty twenty two or beyond. Yeah, or I guess it would be twenty. Would it be twenty twenty three? And uh, but what are you seeing in California? Unfortunately, if you're talking about the race for the great state of uh, California in the governorship and all things gubernatorial, uh, I mean, somebody threw their name in the other the other day. I'm trying to remember the name. I'll pull it up possibly. A, a, <laughs> not, as a good, you give not a me good, not a good, not a good, not a good anybody <laughs> really yeah. fresh and just on fire that can really capture the state of California. There's been some names in the past that I wish would come back. Travis Allen is a great one. Uh, but you know, if you see John Cox again, I don't think he's the solution. Kevin Faulkner down here in San Diego, definitely not the solution. So as of right now, I don't see anything changing for this state unless something kind of just comes out out of the blue. Hey, it did with Obama. When you're talking about the national perspective, stranger things have happened as of right now. I think things are, things are probably going to stay status quo. We just have to continue to fight the good fight. Uh, we're talking with Noah Dingley. Uh, how about inflation? I just did the opening segment on inflation, and uh, we've talked before about the price of gas. Uh, how how do you again? You've got uh, uh, your sons are in their twenties. Um, are are people they're feeling inflation, whether they're saying it's inflation or not? What's your sense of that economy for folks right now? People are frustrated, and it's across the board. Ed, the many many people I talk to in and outside of the radio station, and it doesn't really matter what part of the political spectrum they, uh, they happen to really align with, conservative, liberal, Democrat, Republican, they're feeling the pinch. They don't like it. They know it's going to get worse. And they know, here's the key, they know the administration is failing. The administration is not presenting solutions. Their solution is to spend more money. And all that's going to do is get us in more, more trouble and more debt with more inflation, and there's no end in sight. So something has got to give. There has got to be somebody that holds this administration accountable. Uh, we're talking again with uh, Noah Dingley. Um, Noah, we uh, before we run out of time, I know you're not a big football fan. I mean, it's not, you know, you like it enough. I mean, you're a baseball guy, but you, Super Bowl's this weekend. So we got to give our, our listeners, uh, do you have a prediction on the Super Bowl? Do you care at all? Are you interested to see how the big, um, I know you were born in the L.A. area, uh, how the L.A. Um, uh, stadium, SoFi Stadium, uh, plays out on the national stage? What's your thoughts on the Super Bowl? Well, yeah, I have never been the biggest football fan in the world. Ironically enough, I call it boring, and then I follow baseball, which is slow as molasses. So, uh, you know, <laughs> go figure that one right. out. But I'm going to probably have to take, you know, I normally people say, hey, he's taking L.A. No, I actually, I like the Bengals helmets. So I say, go Bengals. Really? You're going to go just on helmets, huh? Yeah, that's, that's you know, sometimes when I follow horse racing, I go just off of the names of the horses. Very similar strategy here. Um, it's, um, we're talking with Noah Dingley. What is the, um, what about that stadium? Have you been up there? I know you go to LA quite frequently with uh, to see family and, and entertainment stuff. Have you seen that stadium up close at all? I think it's not up I think close it's right so near the it, you know, to, to see how this thing fills up and, and, and the aura around it, it's going to be quite interesting. It's definitely on the, on the to-do list as I was born in LA and I frequent and I go back there quite, quite often. So, uh, that's on the to-do list, but it should be a great venue for, for the big game. That's for sure. 
All right, last uh, last question. I'm sorry, I'm looking at my notes because I was making notes earlier today on things I wanted to ask you. We're talking with Noah Dingley. It's Noah Says Time. Um, Biden, at his in, um, State of the Union speech, will he drum- will he change course on say mask mandates and will he will he because i think everybody feels the truckers in canada made it clear i think the population is ready to be past the pandemic i and politically he'd be smart to do it will he do it here's the thing i you know i know we're running out of time but uh, it, it is going to take about 60 seconds hear me out here we go uh The narrative of the left is falling apart. There's no way around it. I don't care whether you are a governor. I don't care whether you're a health official. I don't care whether you are the president of the United States. What they have put into place is not and has not worked, period. End of discussion. Look at the numbers. The numbers don't lie. So, yes, I believe not only are you going to see Biden say, you know what, we're going to have to, you know, he's passed it to the local level. That, I believe, was his passing of the buck. So whatever is left in place, I believe that is going to fall away as well on the federal level. Uh, You're going to see governors like Newsom eventually, I believe, have to they're going to have to follow what uh, things are going up in, you know, in Canada. People are fed up. They do not want these restrictions. They want to get back to normal. They realize what the risk is of a very real virus, but they're ready to live their lives. And I don't think that the officials here in the United States are blind, that that's what's happening here in America as well. And uh, they would be smart to, uh, to ease up quite a bit on a lot of these restrictions, Ed. All right. I think I agree with you. We'll see what, if they're smart, though. I think some of them are hemmed in by the terrible politics of uh, their party. So, all right, we got to run. We got to run. Uh, Noah Dingley, Noah says, thank you, as always, Noah, for everything you do and for the uh, segment. We'll have you back again soon. We'll go take Dodgers. a break, everybody. We'll be right back. <laughs> there you go. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a national volunteer organization founded by Phyllis Schlafly, and continuing to uphold her legacy by honoring family values, opposing radical feminism, and representing a conservative perspective in our nation's capital. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. On the second day after coming back to school for the year, the Chicago Teachers Union voted to refuse to teach in person on the following day. This late-night decision left the school district scrambling to adjust plans, and working parents were left wondering what they're supposed to do with their children the very next day. One parent named Tanya Patterson was quoted as saying this, I understand they want to be safe, but I have to work. I don't understand why they're so special. Those words were echoed in choruses by parents throughout the Chicago area who themselves had to go to work and were wondering why teachers were unwilling to do the same. For Patterson, she was forced to drop her child off at school even though classes were not being taught. Some school employees who were kind enough to actually come to work were providing emergency child care for desperate parents like Miss Patterson. While I applaud these employees who had the courage to do what is right when 90% of their colleagues were not doing the same thing, I can't help but wonder if the union realized exactly what their callous decision would mean. Refusing to teach in person did not keep people safe from COVID. It only made the virus spread around the daycares rather than the classrooms. If you think illness spreads more slowly in daycares than in schools, you're sorely mistaken. Even for those schools providing emergency child care, it's likely that there was even more person-to-person contact than if students had all been seated at their own desks 
for regular classes. At the end of the day, it all comes back to what Tanya Patterson said. I have to work. I don't understand why they are so special. Teachers unions need to learn a lesson themselves and take shutdowns and remote learning off the table. The rest of the world is going back to work. We aren't going to shut down again. Any elected official who continues to support keeping healthy kids stuck at home is going to be stuck at home themselves when they lose their job in the next election cycle. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. The liberal agenda is corrupting classrooms in colleges and schools across the country. If you're a parent, teacher, or administrator who really cares about our children, we promise to keep you informed at phyllisschlafly.com. And let us hear from you at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, we have a few minutes here to wrap things up, and I want to talk about some news that came out um, in the last few hours, even since I uh, did that interview with Cynthia Hughes, we just heard. Uh, and the news is this. Julie Kelly is reporting that the, uh, and I, I see the order, it's up on Twitter, uh, Judge Trevor McFadden, Trevor McFadden of the District of Columbia Courts, the court uh, District Court of, of uh, Washington, D.C., the District Court of uh, for the District of Columbia. And he, uh, Judge McFadden, has an order today that, number one, chastises uh, the government for misleading the courts over the last year about where Kamala Harris, the vice president, was during the January 6th events. Because many of the people who are charged in a connection with January 6th are charged with a count of obstruction, or so I think that's the term, based on the fact that the Secret Service guarded person. There's a, a statute, I think it's sec, 1752A, says that if an individual under Secret Service protection is in a location, there's a presence, then certain things kick in. And they, they, uh, they basically at least misled. They basically at least misled um, that what was happening about her and he and, and Judge McFadden really is he blasts him because he says they were lying about Kamala Harris. But then he also says McFadden does the judge that the Secret Service cannot hide the specific location of Mike Pence because the same thing is likely true. If Mike Pence and and uh, Kamala Harris left the Capitol on January 6th, then the people, the, the charges, those are two charges. They're, those are used as two factual, two, two details to charge a whole bunch of people. If that's not true, it's a big deal. And Julie Kelly posts it and says, look, Judge McFadden says they lied about Kamala Harris, and he's not going to shield uh, the defendants from finding out about Pence. Now, you heard me ask a question earlier in the program, and the question was simply this. As the fever breaks, like the Russia hoax, for example, remember there was a point in the Russia hoax where everybody was told they had, you know, on, on CNN, they had, uh, was it Clapper? And on NBC, they had Brennan, these two senior retired, but senior intelligence folks saying 
any minute, any minute, the news is going to break that it's a, just a total disaster and Trump was implicated. It was a total, a total fraud. But for a period of time, the whole country was riveted by the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. And then the fever broke. And we realized Mueller didn't know what he was doing. You know, he seemed to be out of it. He doesn't didn't seem to be a hands-on administrator. The Mueller report was a dud. Some of these prosecutors looked like they were real uh, sort of thuggish attitudes. We uh, it was revealed that the you know the FBI agents are are are, are um, one of them is is texting his paramour and they're misleading things, looking for insurance, all that stuff. Well, there's a point here where a lot of America, again, because of the brainwashing of the media narrative, big tech, big media, and big government. The narrative machine, big tech, big media, big government, has been telling most of the country January 6th was an insurrection. And most of the country has been under the delusion. They've been, you know, sort of, oh, well. And it feels like that's about to break. And here's the question. As it breaks, will anyone be held accountable? I am so sick of the fact that people do this to the country. Russia, Russia, Russia hoax was one. The impeachment hoax was another. This one with January 6th. And then nothing happens to them. They are never held accountable for what they do. And now this judge has let loose and we'll see what really is true. But will anyone be held accountable? That's the question. That's the question. All right. We got to run, though. Thank you, as always, to the great Noah Dingley, our producer, uh, Joanna Spilger, our associate producer. Thank you for listening. Please visit ProAmericaReport.com, where we have great interviews, the great interviews you heard today, all the segments over there, ProAmericaReport.com. Check in there. You can also sign up for the daily email, the daily wink, what you need to know. It's available over there, ProAmericaReport.com. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow. It's Ed Martin right here on the Pro America Report. Talk to you then. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs>